Hello, everybody, and welcome to your Final Score podcast, where you listen to the final word on any and all debate in sports today. With you, as always, is your boy, Wyatt. We have a packed, loaded show of NBA stuff to talk about today. The NBA Finals obviously wrapped up last week with the Toronto Raptors winning their first championship in franchise history. And then the much-anticipated NBA offseason has kicked off, and we're all excited to talk about how the landscape's going to change. Anthony Davis obviously got traded to the Los Angeles Lakers just a few days ago. So we're going to break down that trade and what that means as a ripple effect across the league where other stars are going to align themselves moving on into the rest of the summer. But before we talk about that, I think it would be highly disrespectful to gloss over the NBA Finals. Like a lot of people, I think, are glossing over it. The Toronto Raptors, in my opinion, are not getting the respect that they deserve for this championship. A lot of people are saying that, well, the series was decided by injuries. If Kevin Durant were healthy the Warriors probably would have won in four or five games. And I think that's totally out of line. Yes, is he the best player in the world when he's healthy? 100%. Did they look great in the 12 minutes that he played in that game five? Yes, they did. But to completely discard what Toronto did in this series is disrespectful. If we're going to play the what-if game, this is live sports. This is you play who's in front of you, and if you're down and you're injured, you overcome it. This is live sports, competitive sports. This is not... Game of Thrones, this is not Breaking Bad, this is not scripted. Okay, just because you don't like the way it ended, that's you know that's that's on you. This is not the what-if league. If we're going to play what-ifs, let's examine the Warriors' dynasty. 2015, they face a Cavs team without Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love. 2017, Kawhi Leonard goes down in the Western Conference Finals of Game 1 when he had his team up 20 points. The Warriors go on to win that series. 2018, the Houston Rockets, the best team in the league that season, had them on the ropes with a 3-2 lead before Chris Paul goes down with an injury. So a lot of things have happened that have benefited the Golden State Warriors on their dynasty run. So don't throw injuries back in the team's face that finally ends their dynasty, in my opinion. So, you know, I, I know it's a little frustrating. I know I sound a little frustrated. Um... But put some respect on the name. Toronto played great. And with that, I would like to welcome in the other guests, Matty P. What's up? And Maurice Facey. What's going on? The, uh, the uh, resident Toronto fan here yes. in the Timbers. Um, guys, am I out of my gourd here? Do, Matty P, do I? Do the Raptors deserve more credit? The Raptors do deserve more credit, in my opinion, as well. I mean, they fought through every single round of the playoffs. Um, they... In the 76ers series, uh, Kawhi Leonard makes you know an MVP type of play, a game winner, um, and we thought that they were going to be down and out against Milwaukee, and they after they were down 0-2, you know they come back, win four straight, get to the finals, and the Raptors were never respected, and I didn't respect them, and I I honestly admit that because um, I, I thought Golden State would you know not sweep them but do it in five games and the way that they handled their business all all the way through the playoffs how they handled the the uh, finals and their guys were playing elite basketball fundamental basketball i applaud them they need to be respected um and it's great for that city um what's your take on it i couldn't agree with you anymore um Absolutely. I think we don't speak to how much this team has been through adversity, how much we've played through 
our um, you know challenges and also how much we've stuck together as a team. You know, we've had so many people. So Kawhi Leonard most notably gone down, and we didn't lose our composure. We kept battling through it, and I think that type of fire, that type of energy, is what got us through those those final games because <clears throat> we still had our two guys, Kyle Lowry and Kawhi Leonard, very banged up. And we had Pascal Siakam step up. We had Fred Van Fleet to step up. Mark Gasol even contributed some games. So everyone, it was a complete team effort um, from everybody on the roster. And I think that's ultimately how we got it done. Yeah, one of the things that struck me when I when I looked up the stats and one of the stats that I saw that was going around was that the Toronto Raptors, one of the first teams in a long time, I think back in, since the 80s, that had six players in the finals average 10 points per game. And, and that's something that you would think Golden State would, would do because we've seen during this dynasty that they have all these role players on their bench, guys like Livingston, guys like Iguodala are ones that come to my mind that have stepped up when they're on the, when they're on the floor. And they, they play the team basketball. But like you said, Matt, Toronto Raptors, they play better team basketball. They didn't turn the ball over. They shot better. They passed better. They played better team defense. And, you know, it's, it's a shame that – Durant did go down because I, as an NBA fan, I would have loved to have seen that. I would have right. loved to see yeah. Toronto win it, but it certainly does not taint their championship because they didn't go through Kevin Durant. Um, Toronto can only play the guys on the on the floor, yeah. and that's the bottom line. Mm-hmm. Um, just like the Warriors had to play and got got to play the Cavs back in 2015, who was on the floor. So it is what it is, you know. They, Toronto deserves where they what championship they got and you know it's it doesn't take away from championship basketball um maurice like i said you being the resident raptors fan um how does it how did it feel i mean (laughs) we're watching clips of the of the of the championship parade in toronto today Mm. um Kawhi leonard just got the cigar in his mouth you know they're all wearing the throwback raptors jerseys to honor all the teams that have come before them um, he even imitated his his laugh that has been going viral. He imitated it on the microphone as his last laugh to the league. How did it feel as a Toronto Raptors fan to finally see this team from another country bring home their first title? It was unbelievable. I remember watching it with my family in my living room, and we literally lit up the living room <laughs> with screams and just excitement because for the longest time, we've always been that team who couldn't get over the hump. You know, there was always LeBron in our way, and he would always be happy because he would easily take it up and move on to the next round. Um, so just to see us finally have a team, finally have a player that really, really um, poises you know, incredible, incredible leadership and just talent, um, it just means the world to our, our city, I think. Staying on that point, you talk about the adversity this team has gone through over the uh, the years, going through having to face LeBron James, and you know there was the season where they were the best team in the East, and then they get to the finals and they or the Eastern Conference Finals, they get swept in four games by the Cavs, who had underperformed in the season, but obviously had LeBron James. Um, Kyle Lowry has been a guy known to choke in big moments. He has had series where he has fallen apart, uh, has not shown up. After missing that shot in Game 5, the game that could have won the series in Toronto, he comes out and hits, what, four, five, six shots in a row to start Game 6? Arguably had the best game of any player on the Raptors to close out the Warriors. What were you most impressed with 
from Kyle Lowry in this series? I think his dog mentality also. Because Kyle Lowry, of course, he's undersized. And, you know, he's battling through his own injuries. But he's he's stuck with it. Even though, you know, we saw he couldn't contribute scoring-wise in some games, he would do it on other ways of the ball. You know, he would be stealing, he would be assisting, he would get other guys involved, and he'd be making plays. I mean, at the end of the day, you won't be upset if you win. If he, he only scores 10 points and you still win. So Yeah, I think his defensive side of the game, paired with Fred, Fred Van Vliet's defensive play in that series, bottling up Steph Curry when they went to that box and won, and, and them taking Steph Curry out of the game as the injuries started to pile up on Golden State was critical because you can't give Steph Curry any life. And, and that kind of takes us to the final point here in topic number one before we talk about the NBA offseason as we wrap up this NBA Finals talk. Matty P., you and I talked about this was a big series for Steph Curry's legacy. It was. We, we came into the series knowing that Kevin Durant wasn't going to play, and Steph Curry is recognized as the second best player on that team. He's recognized as the face of Golden State. How does this, how does this Finals impact his legacy? I mean, again, the, the stats, I know you researched it earlier, but he's 0 for 9 in game-winning shots, So, uh, and which is very surprising to me, but then it's not necessarily surprising because when was the last time that we saw him make that shot mm-hmm. to win a game or to win the finals or be the, the actual, you know, the, the shot to win the finals? Um, Le- LeBron had the chase down block. Uh, Kawhi Leonard has had that moment already in, in the 76ers um, series already. But Steph Curry gets a pass for some reason, and he's claimed to be the best shooter, you know, in the league, but when it comes down to it and he needs to make a shot, he hasn't been able to. Um, I, and honestly, in my opinion, Clay Thompson, if, if he stays healthy, uh, you know, was the best, better player in this series, even in the, in the, you know, five and a half games that he played. Um, no, he, he was great. He was great. And Steph Curry had his splash of 47, but does that mask all the other, you know, turnovers that he had and, you know, the lack of shooting in other games, you know, yeah. to lose the game. I've never seen a quieter 47 points in my life. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> never seen a quieter 47. Um, he, again, Steph Curry is is the lovable face. You know what I'm saying? He, he's, he's the cute, small point guard that can shoot threes. Every kid thinks they can be Steph Curry. You see kids across America and gyms jacking up threes thinking they're Steph Curry. You said that kids don't even say Kobe anymore. No. They shout Curry. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a shame. They don't even know who Kobe is. It's <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and like you said, he gets a pass, and, and we need to stop giving him that pass. You know what I'm saying? He, he's had success. He's had great regular seasons. Very much like Steve Nash had great regular seasons. But what does Steve Nash do in the postseason? Right. And that's why he is tainted a little bit. And, yes, Steph Curry has his rings, but he was never the best player on the court in the finals that they have won right. because he has never won a finals MVP. Um, I've said it for a long time. If it gives you an idea when Iguodala won, right. won yeah. the MVP during the year that, you know, all every, the other two people, you know, Clay and Draymond and Steph, like, were supposed to be these all-stars, which they were, but was it during the finals? Iguodala is the one who, you know, locked up LeBron. Right. I just think that he is... A guy that he doesn't have the the defensive side that other superstars have. He doesn't have the ability to impact. I mean, he does get steals. I give him that, but he doesn't shut down guys on the other side of the floor. 
He doesn't keep guys in front of him. He He's a liability defensively, and he hasn't made a mark on NBA Finals. Yeah, we're amazed about you know the third quarter, half court shot that he makes, but mm-hmm. we're not amazed by the chance to win a game in game six and you lose. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Maurice, Steph Curry, LeBron, for a while there, they were people were saying they're on the same level. Mm. That Steph was about to take the league away from LeBron James. Do you think LeBron would have gotten a pass for missing that shot? Oh, absolutely not. LeBron would have had the heat of the world on him if he missed that shot. They would be saying he fell off, and this is kind of the end of another era. Um, <laughs> they say that every time he makes yeah, a mistake. Yeah, every, every time he makes a mistake. So I feel like it's, it's really unfair. But I think it just speaks also to how much LeBron affects his team. Um, when LeBron's not on the floor, we saw obviously what happened to the Lakers. Um, when Steph goes off the floor, arguably, you know, they might be okay because they have a lot of other guys there with a solid team around them. And if Ke- Kevin Durant's healthy, you might not even notice. So I don't think it's really fair um, to really put that all on LeBron. I think uh, Steph Curry definitely gets a pass in that regard. Before we go, this would be a nice little segment que- segue question before we take our quick break. Uh, Gut instinct, Kawhi Leonard, is he sticking around? Um, the word on the street is he's looking at some property in Toronto or around some places around Canada. So okay. I think I heard that too. I think he stays. Hopefully, fingers crossed. I think he stays too. You think he stays? I think the Lakers go grab somebody else. Because so. that moment where he hit that shot against the Seventy Sixers, I don't think he's been looking for acceptance for so long. We I didn't really realize this, but he's he's spoken openly about how he just didn't feel like he was a part of the Spurs. And I feel like this team has really embraced him as their leader. I, I that agree. I can say. My 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 one thing I will say before we go to break is if Masai Ujiri leaves and takes that mega deal with the Wizards, ten million dollars a year, I think Kawhi says I'm out. He saw, he's seen a front office that didn't jive with him. He's seen a front office that did jive with him. But when Masai Ujiri leaves that front office, the guy who's helped him get all the players. Approved the load management, has tried to do everything to keep him there. When he's out, I think that's one less person in the building that Kawhi trusts. Um, with that, we'll take a quick break, and when we come back, we got to break down the mega blockbuster deal to the Lakers. Anthony Davis is heading to Tinseltown to team up with LeBron James, and we're going to talk about how that has created a ripple effect that's going to be going on all summer long. Stay tuned. your final score podcast where we uh, are here to close out the show on the NBA offseason. It was kicked off a couple nights ago when Anthony Davis officially was traded from the New Orleans Pelicans to the Los Angeles Lakers in return for Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, the number four overall pick in this year's draft class, and then three future first round picks from the Los Angeles Lakers. A heck of a haul for David Griffin in New Orleans. Guys, does Anthony Davis 
and LeBron James immediately make the Lakers title contenders? I, I believe they're title contenders, but I think they got to do more. They got LeBron and AD are fantastic top five players in the league um, in both their respective positions, but like they're going to have to grab some shooters. Um, and it's what the Cavaliers had when they had Ke- when Kevin Love and Kyrie and LeBron, like they had a bunch of role players and they, they got over that hump of being Golden State. So if, if the Warriors, you know, I don't know if the the Lakers grab shooters in this in the free agency with with the money that they have to to create another max player, and they don't have to necessarily get a max player; they can redistribute it. Right, so. make a make an elite bench around that around right. those two superstars, Maurice. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think with this trade, plenty of upside for the Lakers with Anthony Davis, but we just created a hole in their roster. We traded a whole bunch of guys, so. I agree with doing the, the role-player approach. I think it's going to be very, very difficult to grab someone with the limited amount of money that they do have now and the, the picks that they traded away. Yeah. So I think just going the role-player. Even rebuild. if you grab somebody big, where what's your roster going to look like? You know, what is, What's the, re- the rest of the 10 guys going to look like on your, on your squad? Mm-hmm. Um, one, of the, <laughs> one of the critiques of LeBron James... Um, when you pair him with a big man, is that he marginalizes their game a little bit? You know, when when he went to Miami with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh, people were saying, okay, well, he's making Chris Bosh be, become a perimeter three point shooter, and then they won two championships. So I don't see the I don't see the the impact negatively here. Uh, the same thing with Kevin Love. He went from being an absolute monster rebounder mm-hmm. rebounder in the post mm-hmm. but when lebron's there there's a lot of pressure to get out of the lane so he can f- create and sometimes big men can clog it up so they kick kevin love out make him more of a, a stretch four hey they still won a championship and went to three other ones right. um anthony davis i would argue is more perimeter player than the two guys i've mentioned i, I think he has the ability to work on the outside more as a five. And you can handle the ball better than yeah. all those guys. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I think he's more of a threat already outside. I don't think it's going to be too much of an ask to get him out of the paint. Um, what do you guys you know, think of that? Do you think that their games make sense? Because, I mean, if, if Anthony Davis can average what he's been averaging down right. in New Orleans mm-hmm. and stays healthy, I mean, that's, yeah, that's, that's going to be ridiculous. That's a serious threat. I, I think what the problem comes is you, you need to grab about – two shooters, but you also need to grab a serious rebounder because if Anthony Davis is going to be on the outside and you know not clogging the lane for LeBron, if LeBron misses a shot, misses a layup, whatever the case may be, they, they got to have guys that crash the boards too. And that, and that might be where you ask a guy like Kyle Kuzma to step up. Right. Mm-hmm. You ask, hey, Kyle, man. Less shooting, more rebounds. rebounds. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're going to be the workhorse. You're going to be the small four, kind of like a Draymond where you're, you're in there mm-hmm. and you're going to be expected to – Step up a little bit here. We kept you around for a reason. Um, you need to step up. Um, what do you think, Maurice, about the haul for the Pelicans? Because, you know, usually the team that gets rid of the star mm-hmm. loses the trade. Yeah. Typically. Mm-hmm. In this situation, I think it's not that much of a, of a loss for the Pelicans. They, no. they get a point guard of the future in Lonzo Ball. They get Brandon Ingram, who obviously has his medical issues. But when healthy has made strides every year. Josh Hart, a plug-and-play three-point shooter. Many first-round picks mm-hmm. down the line, and presumably Zion Williamson. 
What do you think about the Pelicans' young core and their upside? I think they have incredible, incredible upside just because of, one, how young they are. So they're a team that can go for a long time. They can run up the floor constantly, which is really tough to do in this league. And they also have all these picks to play around with. So even if they don't like their roster, how, how it's going uh, down the road, they have they can they can fix it, they can tweak it, right. they, they can do whatever they, they want. They can trade so. those picks they, they, right. they just received. So they, they have, have potential Zion coming in, so... I think they have incredible upside. Right, I mean the one the one concern if, if you if you draft a guy like Zion is to to got to have guys that can space the floor. A guy like Brandon Ingram spaces the floor. Josh Hart spaces the floor, and Lonzo is a is a creator, a shot. I mean, just I mean, I'm already imagining the 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 run and gun lobs from Lonzo <laughs> to Zion. I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be exciting. Um, and this is. This is a different situation than the Pelicans are in. I don't see it as a rebuild. No. I see it as a retooling. A progression. A progression. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I mean, you got a lot of young guys, so I guess you can consider it a rebuild, but Mm. these guys have just played with LeBron James for a year. Yeah. Okay, they've seen how you got to prepare. And, I mean, I think there's also going to be an element of a chip on their shoulder now that they've been traded to create their own legacy. And to and to be big players, they have an opportunity here with all these picks. You know, the first and the fourth pick. If they, if Zion is what we're what he's supposed to be, and even the fourth pick, if they turn out to be, you know, a Clay Thompson in a draft, you know, even even at a that level, like later down in the road, you have a young squad that could be the next Warriors. It it could be if, if you know six seven years down from the road. So it's they. It reminds me of when Golden State like did their drafting and then you know movement of players and I was just like oh, why would you do that and then those guys turn out to be stars well mm-hmm. I think the Pelicans have a chance to do the same thing with great coaching and um, great management and great management so the Pelicans are in a great spot like to lose a franchise number one player that you drafted that was the your key star. guy your star. your star and to give it away but and, still, did, and still like progress in my opinion like what a great job for the Pelicans because they maximized that deal. They 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 said I'm going to grab as much as I can for right. mm-hmm. for this guy. Right. Yeah, they saw the interest and they absolutely capitalized on it. So, um, one of the, the so going back to the Lakers side of things, you know, we're 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 wondering who's the third guy, and they don't really have all the cap space to sign a max player. Uh, even if Anthony Davis uh, waives his trade clause of, of $4 million, which he is apparently open to doing. Um, Kyrie Irving has been saying for months that he wants to play with Anthony Davis. And he was trying to get a trade done. You know, He's hoping that he'd go to New York or Brooklyn where there's two max slots and he can just go over there and team up with him. Does Anthony Davis going to the Lakers and teaming up with LeBron, creating a contender-type team, is that enough to lure Kyrie Irving to Los Angeles after he had a, you know, he tried his, he tried the solo show. He tried the, you know, the single act in Boston. And he, in my opinion, couldn't handle it. I don't think he was ready to be the guy for a franchise. And I don't know if his personality lends itself to being that leader. Does he take less money and go try and win some titles with LeBron and AD? I think just how, seeing how this season unfolded for Kyrie, we kind of saw the relationship he still has with LeBron. Because we saw everything go south, and who did he call first? LeBron. LeBron James. So obviously there is some type of relationship there, and it really, really interests me to see uh, what they've been talking about you know, this offseason because 
Anthony Davis is a huge move, and we definitely know that Kyrie Irving wants to make a very, very um, strong title contention soon. So, yeah, I, in my opinion, I think Kyrie goes to Brooklyn, and he like waits for Brooklyn to, you know, get another guy with him. Um, I I still I still think he has that solo mentality, and like not not that it's just about money, but like he wants to lead a team, and I don't think the Celtics. I mean, the Celtics were a great situation, but it just for some reason it just didn't it didn't work out and I think Kyrie wants to go to Brooklyn I don't want I don't think he has any interest or not I know he has interest in the Lakers but I don't think it's overwhelming enough to to, to not go to Brooklyn yeah, he loves that dysfunction doesn't he yeah <laughs> he saw a wide ass open hole and he ran the other direction mm-hmm. <laughs> I tell you what um, I mean where else would he go other than a Brooklyn or I mean you know or, or LA I mean I don't know are there, are there any other teams that you would even look at I mean I know maybe the Knicks the, were up maybe there maybe the Knicks but, but yeah. I think he's already he's been a Nets fan his whole life when he was growing up he's a big New Jersey Nets fan so I think New Jersey's right I, I mean, mean I Brooklyn's think like, where he wants option, to be you know? I think if Kevin Durant like stays in Golden State then I think Kyrie has a more of a chance to go to the Lakers but if Kevin Durant like ends up going to the Knicks and you know, plays next year, not this year, but next year. Um, I think Kyrie definitely goes to, the, to Brooklyn. So I think I think his decision is up to Kevin Durant's decision, not not like LeBron decision, I guess. Yeah, and that's that's one thing I, I wanted to kind of wrap the show up with is you know we talk about how Anthony Davis going to the Lakers is creating that ripple effect that you know you always need that first domino to fall in NBA free agency, and whenever that whenever that first big move happens, you see everything else. Uh, fall into place I'd argue that the Warriors injuries might have been even bigger than yeah. Anthony Davis's trade to the Los Angeles Lakers what do you think the Warriors future is I mean I, I don't see I, I don't think they can justify signing Kevin Durant to a supermax and trying to max out Clay Thompson in a year where both of them aren't going to play because mm-hmm. you don't have enough money to even field a team on the court mm-hmm. um Maurice, what do you think happens with Kevin Durant, your gut instinct? Do you think he hangs around and takes that money and forces Klay Thompson out the door? Or do you think he tries to make his own path, take a year off, and build another franchise? My gut instinct is that he waits and moves on to another franchise. I feel like the Warriors have done incredible things for him. They've obviously got him his rings and got him where he is today. But he still has that talk around him that he's number two and he's been a sellout and he took the easy way route. So I think he, unfortunately, he wants to prove the media and he wants to prove everyone else wrong and, you know, carve out his own legacy. Do you think it's fair that people say that about him? I, it's always tough for me to say because I feel like he, the way he left OKC, not even telling Russ, I mean, that's just a little bit hard to swallow and it seems like a dirty move, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with you. I think it was kind of a sellout move to do that. But I feel like over the course of the last couple of years, and even this year, like I have started to come around to the idea of like, yeah, he sold out, he went to a good team, but, but he's proven himself, constantly. right? But he he carried them to titles. Oh, yeah, I mean, he's Absolutely. arguably the reason they even won. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're the same team if they don't get him after that three one collapse. Um, I mean, if you're the Warriors, I know we talked about it in our old brainstorm session. I mean, are you willing to give up Clay after he put his heart out? If if I'm the manager, no, I I, I 
let Kevin Durant walk and I keep Clay, Draymond, and Steph, and then that's you know build it around there and let Clay rehab. If if Golden State has an off year and the, you know they're the seven or eight seed in in the playoffs, which I I think they're good enough to get to the playoffs, oh, yeah. but I don't think I don't think they they compete compete for a title. Um, but Clay Thompson has done so much for your franchise, and I know I'm, I've been on his train for he the last two the weeks. Praise. It seems like, but he deserves the praise. He, he, yeah. he deserves because he's a quiet guy. He's the least vocal on that team between Steph and and Draymond. But he's the backbone of that team, and if you're gonna get rid of the backbone of your team, like you're not gonna have, you're not gonna have a team. Yeah, you know, I, go ahead. You know the one moment that kind of sticks out to me. If I were general management and I was looking, trying to make this decision, I would look at that moment where he injured himself, and then he had a chance to go take those free throws. He came back. He came. He came right back around with as bad as his injury was. He ran out there. He took both of those free throws, drained them both, and went back in. If that doesn't show dedication to a franchise, I don't right. know what does. I mean, it's you, it's hard to to have this, you know, juggle between Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson. I mean, the, these guys are elite in their respective positions, and like, I I want Kevin Durant to stay, but that means Clay Thompson leaves. You know, but if if you want. I'm trying. I'm, it, it's hard. It's a hard decision. Like you shouldn't it, have to be deciding between Kevin and Clay. Right. Yeah. You and should that, have to be deciding between Clay and Draymond. Yeah. Um. You know, Draymond should be the one out of there to right. save money, if anything. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you got to re, re. You got to evaluate who's on your team and who's been the the catalyst to the guys who won you the games, and those that's Clay and, and and Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And like, I know I've been like off and on during this podcast and I'm like oh Kevin Durant should stay or not but like it, this is not the conversation we had it's about you know Steph and Draymond you know like right. it's those are the guys that are kind of have holding you back per se they haven't shown up in the finals I right. mean Steph Steph of the four of them has the one showing up in the finals he's 0 for 9 mm. and go ahead shots like we said I mean he's the one that great in the regular season sells tickets big star big face arguably the face if you ask anyone who's the face of the Warriors they'd say Steph Curry but but they'll never get rid of him and I don't like, right they might sell their souls to that and yeah. say we're going down with Steph regardless mm-hmm. uh, and I don't know if that's you know the right move to win mm-hmm. but if you're married to Steph Curry you gotta let Claire Katie walk that's a shame I mean they, they are such a good team mm-hmm. and I personally think we've seen the end of the dynasty um, like I said I don't think they sign both I don't think they can sign both and keep them both on the same team if they're not gonna play um I think Kevin Durant. I think Kevin Durant's the one that leaves. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's a good move for him. I think, take a year off, man. Go sign in New York or wherever you want to go, and just take the year off. Get yourself rehabilitated, and give that team a whole year mm-hmm. to just completely turn over the roster, do what they got to do, make moves, and make you a right. contender. There's no pressure to win. Yeah. Because I mean. The, Let's say he goes to the Knicks, you know, or say he goes to Brooklyn, Brooklyn with Kyrie, or yeah. whatever. It's like, okay, we know he's got Kyrie there. This year's a wash. Let's just, you know, we haven't seen a team tank, you know, in a long time, not since the Sixers did it and they, you know, worked out. We see them tank and, and just take a year off and, and tool the roster the way you want it to so when you plug Kevin Durant in, you're a contender. Right. Um, we talked a little bit about Kawhi. We think he's staying in Toronto. I don't know. I, I, I 
Tim, it's that or the Clippers. I, I don't think it, I don't see him as a Laker. Um, I guess we can end on this. It's, it's something I heard on another talk show when I was listening on the way back from from Lakeland this weekend. Is how awesome would it be for the Clippers, a young up and coming team, with the ability to sign two maxes, gets Kawhi, and then maybe Kimba, maybe Jimmy, mm. and then they're going up against AD and LeBron in the same building. For a season yeah, with mm-hmm. Golden State on the back seat, with Golden State on the back seat, with the Rockets trying to figure themselves out, you got two heavyweights in Los Angeles battling for Staples Center. I mean, that would be yeah, pretty awesome. As a Raptors fan, I'd be devastated, but as an NBA <laughs> fan, I would be exhilarated. <laughs> that would, the matchup would be incredible. Yeah, I, Tinseltown would be would be nuts. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't see. A, I don't remember a free agency since when you know when LeBron made his decision where there has been so much speculation and hoopla and, you know, like excitement for the NBA, you know? And I think for like the NBA finals, even though LeBron wasn't there, I feel like this was one of the best finals I've ever watched. Yeah. You yeah, know, it was great. And it was great. And there's still a lot of drama post the finals mm-hmm. with does Toronto, you know, deserve it injuries, this and that. Free so and now it just leads right into free agency and it's, NBA is the talk of the town. Yeah, their their calendar is unbelievable. Every, I mean, every section of the year has something NBA. You go straight from the regular season to the postseason to the off season to the draft to more off season to summer league. Sprinkle in, yeah, sprinkle yeah, summer, league. summer league, and then you go straight back to the regular season again. It's just, I mean, it's constantly yeah, and then you have the Olympics when it goes mm-hmm. right. Then they play it when when the Olympics are happening, and it's just the NBA has done such a good job of building their brand and and. That's why we talk about it so dang much on the show. Yeah. Um, Zion Williamson, go number one? Yes. Yeah, uh, without a doubt. Yeah, David yeah. Griffin pulls the trigger on Zion. Yeah. Um, John Morant, number two. Grizzlies? Yeah, I yeah. agree. R.J. Barrett, number three? Yeah. yeah. Knicks, who's number four? Jared Culver. Culver? <laughs> I'll, I'll agree. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I like DeAndre Hunter. I think the kid uh, out of Virginia is good. I think he's good. I think he fits well with, with what they're building there in New Orleans. Um well, thank you guys so much for joining the show. Um, Maurice, we hope you join more shows. Would love to. Now that we're in the summer, things are a little less crazy. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. We're on Apple Podcasts now. So yes. So, yeah, check our new platform. We are, like, subscribe, share. We're I feel f- like it's a YouTube like, channel <laughs> around here. but Yeah, we're one YouTube channel away from really making it. <laughs> um, yeah, subscribe. All you got to do is go on Apple Podcasts, uh, search Your Final Score, three different words, and we'll pop right up. Look for our logo yeah. and subscribe. Just remember that little purple icon that says podcast on your phone. Just click on it yeah. and we're, we're you'll there. You'll find it. And you can download them to your phone. You don't need Wi-Fi. You don't need it. You just have them in your phone. You're good to go. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we'll probably have a reaction to the NBA draft next. It's probably the next big thing we'll talk about is the draft. Uh, we all know who's kind of going in the top five ish but who are the guys that are in the later picks and yeah. maybe even second round guys that we like that could make instant impacts um so stay tuned for that we'll be back later thank you guys for listening go Knowles. go Knowles. and we'll talk to y'all soon peace